What do we want? We want everybody to be equal. That's what we want. How do we get there? Through equity. You're listening to the Mental Health Download from the nonprofit Mental Health Association, Oklahoma. I'm Mac Leeson. On today's episode, we're going to be talking with our amazing friend, Enrica Johnson. Enrica is the founder of Next Step TLP Homeless Youth Program, currently works as a certified behavioral health case manager for Our House Counseling, and is involved in various organizations in the community. She's passionate about youth programs, along with her adhering to her primary duties as Ward 7 representative for the Lawton City Council. Enrica also hopes to bridge the gaps between citizens and local government during her time in office. And so today we're going to talk to Enrica about her Lawton Mental Health Town Hall that she presented on March 5th at Cameron University in Lawton. And it had a who's who of Lawton officials, including Police Chief James Smith, Representative Daniel Pay, the mayor, and many others. So yeah, we're going to be talking to her about sort of the ripple effects of that town hall and then what life has been like during a time of COVID in Lawton. And we're also going to be talking to Enrica, who is a Black American, about the deaths of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and Ahmaud Arbery, and what that means for the Lawton community. Okay, let's get this conversation started. The Mental Health Download starts now. Okay, Enrica, thank you so much for being back on the show. So now I want to talk about why exactly you wanted to host the Mental Health Town Hall in Lawton and what have been some of those ripple effects that you've seen since that happened. And I know that that was directly right before COVID. We wanted to do the town hall because we thought it was very important to begin the conversation in our community about mental health kind of starting the ball rolling with um, kind of getting rid of the stigma behind mental health, getting people to a place where they're able to talk about mental health challenges with either themselves or someone that they know. And we had a host of panelists from Lawton Police Department, Cameron University, the Health Department, and many, many more. And we had two different segments, uh, one where it was just the panelists that were sharing some of the things that their organizations do in terms of addressing mental health uh, challenges or if they were a resource. And then we had those that actually worked directly with the community or through a practice. That gave our attendees an opportunity to learn about more resources as well as be able to ask the experts questions, if you will. Looking back on that event, is there anyone who came up to you after that event or something that happened during the event that really resonated with you and has stayed with you right up to today? Gosh, there's so many that that's that's a hard choice to make there. But I think a lot of the comments and the questions that were asked by the audience, I think, was phenomenal because they were able to feel comfortable asking questions, trying to connect to resources. And I think our panelists did a wonderful job in making them feel comfortable. I did have a conversation with someone after her husband was a person that felt he didn't have a mental health challenge or he wasn't stressed. And, you know, the the way that we deal with is to just deal with it. 
And she began to see a lot of stress on him and, and would suggest him going to get counseling or talk to someone. And when she was able to see that there were free services, because one of the major things was they didn't have health insurance. But she learned that Cameron University had free services for the community. That gave her some relief. Okay, we don't have to stress out about trying to find the money to get mental health services, but this is a a resource in the community. And I think that's vitally important because there's two things that were going on there. Her husband feeling that as a man, he should have it all together all the time, but in actuality, he didn't. And as his wife, she recognized that something needs to, to happen there. Everybody at some point in time needs somebody to talk to. So can you kind of tell us about what life has been like, especially in the mental health community during this time of COVID in Lawton? Do you have people that are already dealing with their own challenges? And now we have added challenges that increase stress there. I think also it's caused a lot of tension in the community. And on top of that, you're having to worry about your health on top of worrying about, am I going to be able to go back to work? There's a lot of stress involved there. We have our kiddos that normally might be in activities during the summer, but those activities have decreased, if not at all ceased. It's, it's just caused a lot of stress, a lot of stress. So today is August 3rd and lots of schools across the state are getting ready for the school year. And also a lot of parents are feeling anxiety. I'm one of them. And also their children are feeling anxiety about going back to school. So what are you hearing from people that you know who have school-aged children and what advice would you give them? Lawton Public Schools has offered different types of ways that the kids can go back to school. One would be the traditional in-classroom, and then there's the online classroom, and then there's both. I've talked to a lot of parents, although they're ready for kids to go back to their children to go back to school, there's still kind of that little stress, that little anxiety about whether or not their child may contract COVID. For every two stories positive, there's one story negative. And and I think the negative stories and and the negative outcomes are the things that kind of overshadow some of the um, positive things. The things that I I do talk to the, the parents that I know personally is to analyze what you think is good for you and and what's good for your child. If sending your child back to school is going to cause anxiety for yourself, then maybe you choose the option of not returning at the time. It's a lot of a lot to process. I know here in Lawton, we had a few young people that were diagnosed. I'm not diagnosed, but had caught COVID and they were on the football team. That caused a little bit of anxiety. So just being able to Tell where's your limit with your anxiety and having your child return to school. If that means waiting the first semester and letting them return back after we find out what's going on and how things are going, it's it's a tough situation. And we, we hear the the school of thoughts where there might be increase again later on in the fall. What do you do? I personally talked to my daughter, she's 15, about some of my opinions about her going back to school. And she talked about some of her opinions going back to school. Of course, she's 15. She wants to go back to see her friends. Um, But she understands the risk there. So what are we going to do? She's going to do online schooling. 
So, and that too is a little challenging for some parents. Why? Because if they're working and their child is maybe in the sixth grade or the fifth grade, how are they going to be able to keep their child at home and have that child be in school? So that's difficult. It's very difficult. As a mom, a city counselor, mental health professional, a wife, all the things that you are and do brilliantly. Um, you know, how have you balanced all of that during this time of COVID? What have been some of those really key skills that you've used? Okay, so balance, I'm still learning the, that word. <laughs> <laughs> but so it, I think the one thing that helps me keep the balance is I approach everything in a logical manner, being a mom and making sure that my daughter is staying active, staying involved in things. She goes as much as she possibly can everywhere that I go. So as far as her being stuck in the house, so to speak, she's not. That kind of keeps her involved and balanced herself because 15-year-olds, you leave them at home and they're on their computers or their phones all day. So I didn't want her to get stuck in the rut of not wanting to be outside. We do things like go to the park or we'll walk the dogs and kind of stay involved that way. My husband, he's the one that really tries to keep me balanced. Okay, it's five o'clock, time to come home and eat dinner, you know? <laughs> and when someone contacts me, my policy is give me at least 72 hours. You know, you hear most people say 24 and 48. I know for sure that I will do my best to do the 24, the 48, but 72 is giving myself that time to have a mental health break in between all the things that I have to do in the community. I also like to take some time out of the day for myself, whether it's 15 minutes a day at some point in time to sit and do absolutely nothing. I mean, not <laughs> listen to anything, not read anything, but just sit, typically outside. I understand that if I don't take that break for myself, then I won't be in the frame of mind to help anyone else. Let's shift over to talking about the deaths of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and, and Ahmaud Arbery, you know, especially um, the ripple effects of that in the Lawton community. Can you just tell us what that's been like? Okay. So for me personally, these type of incidents are things that I've been aware of for many years, as, as many other people. History repeats itself. I think now... The temperature in not just this community, but just all around the world is repeating history in terms of people saying enough is enough. And I think that for me personally, I'm all about solutions. You know, what what can we do to change the things that are happening around us? I can fortunately say that here in Lawton, it's pretty peaceful and has been. Do we have things that we need to change? Absolutely. As a city council person, there are some things that we're working on right now. I am the chairperson that is putting together our race relations committee that has been deemed by the mayor to be a commission. And there's three council persons, including myself, and, and we're getting that together. And we had an amazing number of people who have applied to be a part of this committee. And I think that says a lot about our community because there are people stepping up that are saying we want to do something different. 
We have set up some focus areas for them to begin. We also have a citizens advisory board, which is going to be working directly with the Lawton Police Department, reporting directly to the chief and one of his assistants. And that advisory board will give the citizens a uh, venue, if you will, or a place where they can feel safe. If they f- have an issue, they can bring it to the commission who then takes it to the chief. Because, you know, a lot of people have a distrust in police departments all around the country. This will be kind of the liaison between the citizens and the Latin Police Department to help make change. We had a peaceful rally. Um, We actually had one that was um, headed up by a young man named Jacoby Crowley, who is a leader amongst the millennials here in our community, one of the leaders. And that went over well. It was very well attended. He had great speakers. We have a couple of other community conversations. So I think our community is ready to listen and not only listen, but ready to come up with some solutions for change. So during your fantastic mental health town hall, you actually invited police chief James Smith to speak and he was so phenomenal. And I actually went up to him and shook his hand and thanked him for being a mental health advocate. So what did it mean to have the police chief speak at your mental health town hall? It it meant a lot because I know in order for our community to embrace how to deal with some of the challenges in our community with those that have mental health issues, it, it takes everybody. It takes a village. It takes every organization, every entity to play their part. And I know that Chief Smith is very passionate about that. He is not one to sit back and say, okay, yes, we have these problems, but you know, these are our parameters. He is always trying to look outside the box. He's always trying to put things in place so that change can be made. And, and I'm, I'm really impressed with the things that he is doing in our community. So the next thing I want to do is just kind of close things out, just talking about what do you think some of the silver linings of this time will have produced for the Lawton community? I think that some of the silver linings that have have been, will be, and and in the future here in Lawton is that we, in a sense, understand that there's two sides to every story. And I want to touch upon something about the schools. They may not realize what they did to help these young people. There are some young people that will probably flourish a lot better by doing school at home because of all the stress that's going on at school. I know my daughter, when she was in the third grade, she did K-12 and she was schooled at home and she got all A's when she was in K-12 um, because she was able to focus. She she does have ADHD, herself anxiety, being able to be home, being able to have a learning coach and someone work with her one-on-one, she excelled. And because she was able to do that, when she returned back into the regular school environment, she was able to take those skills that she learned by being schooled at home into the classroom. I think that this is an opportunity for other young people that experience some of these challenges. I think also that our community is able to see how we can come together in an emergency type situation. At the end of the day, it's all about what we can do for the safety and the health of our citizens. 
what can we do at the end of the day? And I think that our city council and our mayor has done a wonderful job and our mayor pro tem in handling something that we've never experienced before. It was tough. (laughs) Matt, I tell you, it was tough having to make those decisions. And I think it has grown a lot of people in our community. and, And like I said, in some sectors have brought people together. Okay, Enrique, thank you so much for being here with us. Last thing we do on the show is we ask our guests to share one last bit of wisdom. And you've already shared so much with us already. But if you can do that, we'll be done. So Enrique, take it away. Through all of the challenges in our country at this time, I think that we really should look at what do we want to happen at the end? How can we take all of the challenges, the diversity, all of the the building blocks, all of the stumbling blocks, how can we bring those together? What do we want? We want everybody to be equal. That's what we want. How do we get there? Through equity. And I think that as we begin to pull out the pieces where we can give everybody what they need and meet them where they are, that then at the end of the day, we'll be able to see the change that we want to see in our communities.